Hey everybody, welcome to Fight Talk. This is Steven Jensen, and today's episode of Fight Talk is going to be a little bit different. So what you guys are going to hear today is my appearance on the Stands as Called podcast. It's a podcast that my friend Justin Baker has. It can be found on SoundCloud, and I know he's going to get it onto multiple platforms. It's a guy that I've known for a long time, a real good friend of mine. Once again, check out his podcast. It's called Stands as Called. And this is my segment. He talked to me a little bit about UFC 205, a little bit about Conor McGregor, a little Ronda Rousey, you know, a little bit of everything. Check out his full podcast. It can be found on my Twitter feed. And like I said, it's on SoundCloud. So check it out. Check out the full episode. And without further ado, this is my appearance as a guest on Justin Baker's Stands as Called podcast. Today's guest, good friend of mine, old college roommate, now has a podcast of his own, Steven Jensen of the Fight Talk Podcast. What's up, buddy? How you been? Dude, just hanging out. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it. Well, yeah, man, the pleasure's all mine. I definitely appreciate you being on the show. You are my UFC expert. You have been since our days back uh, at 91.9 The Buzz, WVGS in Statesboro, and uh, thanks for taking the time out. But you got a podcast of your own, the Fight Talk Podcast uh, tell us a little bit about that show and where our listeners can uh, check more of that out. Thanks. So, yeah, that's uh, called Fight Talk. It's a podcast that I do mainly about pro wrestling and mixed martial arts. It's F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K. It's on iTunes and Podomatic, so you can really find it anywhere. And uh, thanks for having me on the show again, man. I really appreciate it. Well, yeah, man, let's get into it. Uh, UFC 205 wrapping up, um, you know, before we get into 206. Let's talk about 205. What are your takeaways as far as your thoughts going into that fight and uh, then what you made of the way that it all played out is from the main event all the way down through the, the rest of the card? So, yeah, UFC 205 was it was the biggest show the UFC has ever done from a financial standpoint. A pay-per-view standpoint, we're still kind of waiting to find out it's trending to be probably the top pay-per-view of all time. If not, it's going to be a very close second to UFC 202, which also featured Conor McGregor in the main event, uh, coincidentally enough. But I think that the show itself delivered on all cylinders. There was even two fights that fell off pretty much right before the card happened, uh, within a few days of the show happening. They lost two big fights, and the card was still the most stacked they've ever put on. Uh, so I was I was really I really enjoyed the show. I thought they definitely delivered, and the UFC did some really really big business that night. Stephen, I go back to our college days at Georgia Southern. We were going out to the bars to watch the UFC fights back when Ultimate Fighter first started. Some of the bigger names in the sport then, you know, George St. Pierre, GSP, Brock Lesnar. Those were the names you heard a lot. Uh, but now lately, we are seeing kids and adults dress up as Conor McGregor for Halloween. Uh, where does he rank as far as the most polarizing or popular figure in UFC? Is it safe to say at this point that Conor McGregor might be the biggest face the sports scene? Yeah, 100%. He's the biggest star they've had, past, present, or future. Uh, I'd say the second closest. I give this analogy a lot uh, on my podcast as well. But he, if, if For professional wrestling fans, like there is the WWE, which is like the big, huge organization that you know nobody's ever going to compete with. And there's also TNA Wrestling, which is a it's a number two promotion in the world, but it's a very far second place to what the WWE does. Conor McGregor is like the WWE of the, of the UFC right now. He's the biggest thing that they've got. Second closest would be Ronda Rousey, 
Ronda Rousey's still a very big draw. I mean, she opened doors to the UFC that would have never been opened had she not come around. But Connor at this point is the biggest thing that the the history of this sport has ever seen. And I think he's personally I think he's great for the sport. Well then on the flip side of that, is there any negative fallout from his historic rise in popularity and fame and really control in the sport knowing that he's had conversations with Dana White about having interest in buying this sport he's certainly got the money to do that if he wants to buy a share of it Uh, but is there any negative impact of him maybe being too big to almost threaten the sport it would depend on who you ask if you were to ask the owners of the UFC it's going to put them in a really interesting spot because Excuse me. I think that Connor deserves ownership in the company, but he's not going to get it. They they can't they can't give a fighter in their organization that amount of power. Uh, I, I it's it's a really 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 tricky thing because on paper Connor deserves a share because in my estimation, if UFC two hundred five, I'll just give an example. If UFC two hundred five had done, let's say they do the best show of all time at a 1,700,000 buys. So 1.7 million buys is, is what they're shooting for to, to break records. Even if they don't do that, let's say they do 1.5 million, let's just say. A show that Conor McGregor isn't on in most in most cases on pay-per-view is doing more in like the four to 500,000 range on like a pretty solid show. So Conor's bringing in, he's outdrawing the UFC brand. Like, we haven't seen this before, where he, Conor McGregor does not need the UFC marketing machine or the logos or the, those letters anymore. He can go out and promote himself, which is a whole other conversation in itself, because that's exactly what happened in professional boxing, and what also led to eventually ruining professional boxing. So it, it's a tough spot. It's, a very, it's, it's uncharted waters for the fighters and for the, the promoters. But on the flip side, what it does do is it really really shows these fighters their true value because they're vastly underpaid versus what the company is worth. Now that people know the company is worth $4.2 billion, it's hard for the fighters who make, you know, some of them maybe tens of, tens of you know, 20000 here or there. Knowing that the company that they're working for is making that kind of money, they're going to want more money. And a guy like Conor McGregor gets them more money. But now it's kind of where where is the limit on what they can give Connor, but he really deserves whatever he asks for. To be completely honest, again, Stephen Jensen of the Fight Talk podcast. Stephen, you mentioned that heavy four point two billion with a B billion dollar price tag Dana White sold UFC for uh, over the summer. Uh, what changes, if any, have you seen, or where do you expect the new ownership to take the company? Really good, really good question. You know, they've made some personnel changes recently. They fired a lot of really important people uh, but that's to be expected anytime there's a big buyout in any company I mean it's, it's gonna happen uh, there it, it's interesting because I think in the immediate future it's gonna be great for everybody involved including the fans because for anybody to invest I said this on my show as well so anyone who's listening to both you're gonna hear this again but it's a point that needs to be made if if you invest 4.2 billion dollars into anything regardless of the company the intention is to make back 4.2 billion or more and then you know you you made money like that's why you would invest 4.2 billion dollars into anything and they you know they took a financial hit this new ownership group WMEIMG who now owns the UFC 
it's a whole bunch of owners together. But they took a big financial hit, and they're trying to make a return on investment as fast as they can and try to start getting back the money that they just invested. So in the short term, they're going to get we're going to get really, really awesome fight cards, which is what we've been getting, what we're going to get in the immediate in the immediate future. Now, what this is also going to lead to is more fighter free agency, which is a whole other topic in itself. But but along with these fighters understanding how much they're worth and seeing other companies now like Bellator, for instance, which is the number two promotion to the UFC, they're owned by Viacom. They have a ton of money over there. And they're able to buy these people now, these fighters, when they're out of their contracts in the UFC. So now fighters are, are starting to have options to leave the UFC. So there, there's a lot of a lot of moving parts and a lot of different things happening. The Reebok deal pissed off a lot of fighters. A lot of them lost a lot of money in that. Uh, the uh, the the TV deal they don't get anything out of. And we just saw what happened in the NBA and how much those players just got just got paid on a TV deal. So there there's reasons for them to want to leave and, and test it. So it's it's just it's there's a lot going on right now. Uh, the UFC it continues to build, and they they're getting bigger and bigger, and the sport's growing. But there is going to be some backlashes here and there, and we're seeing a little bit of it starting right now. Stephen, we mentioned. Of course, Conor McGregor, one of the, the sport's greatest superstars. Another superstar you brought up was Ronda Rousey. Uh, we've seen her make a couple of public appearances on the Ellen DeGeneres show since her loss to Holly Holm, but where is she at uh, in her process to come back into the octagon? And then uh, what do you see from her in the future? How many fights does she have left in her uh, before she calls it a career? Her next fight is going to be next month. She's fighting Amanda Nunez, the current Bantamweight champion. Uh, in her return fight. So she'll be fighting again for the championship, uh, first fight back. Uh, she is making it sound like she's not going to be fighting uh, too many more times in her career. You know, the obvious the obvious thing that, you know, most fans want is a rematch with Holly Holm to see if she can avenge that because of just how gargantuan that fight, uh, the fall into that fight wound up being. And also, uh, Cyborg is out there, a woman fighter who fights at a higher weight class who is on just a complete tear of the women's division. So uh, there are fights for Ronda Rousey, but the big question right now is how she's going to look in her first fight in like a year against a very, very formidable champion in Amanda Nunez. What's the ultimate impact of having Holly Holm have lost uh, before she got a rematch with Ronda Rousey, did, does it take away from the mystique of the two of them having a rematch because Holly has since lost since beating Ronda? Yeah, I think that there would be a, there's going to be a little less interest, I think. Uh, but you also have to take into account, you know, the the hardcore the hardcore fan base versus the casual fan base. Like I I know that a lot of people are going to know that Holly Holm. You know, she won the championship. She lost a couple fights since then. You know, she she lost to Misha Tate. She also lost to uh, Valentina Shevchenko. So she's she's not looked the best lately, but she's still a great fighter. The real question is how many casual fans who only know of what happened in the first fight are even going to know that she lost after that. You know what I mean? So right, right. It's one of those things where on a marquee, I think you could still really market, you know, to the casual fan base. Ronda Rousey versus Holly Holm too, uh, but but I do think that it it does lose a little of its luster, uh, especially if Ronda loses this next this next fight to set it up. So we really got to see where that goes. 
Again, Steven Jensen, uh, his own podcast, Fight Talk Podcast, talking some UFC with us here today. Steven, a good friend of mine, uh, former uh, what high school t- uh, high school classmate, uh, went to college together at Georgia Southern, worked together on uh, the radio station in WVGS in Statesboro, and Stephen was the UFC expert there and joining us again here today. Uh, Stephen, just uh, as we wrap things up, uh, your final thoughts on UFC 205, and then looking ahead, uh, what are some of the things that we can look for with 206? Well, my big takeaway from UFC 205, uh, there's a couple, but I'll just name a few here. So I, great show, uh, three title fights. Woodley versus Thompson for the welterweight championship was a draw. There should be an immediate rematch. I thought that was a really entertaining, stylistic matchup. Uh, Yanni Unjacek defeated uh, Kovalkiewicz, and and that was a really good technical fight for the strawweight championship for the women. Unjacek uh, is she's a special fighter. She's she's all, she's like Connor level, like as far as uh, technique and talent goes in the women's division. And then the, the biggest major takeaway of the night is the, the star that is Carter McGregor. This is my biggest takeaway. I'll, I'll end it on this. Um, and I've said it on my podcast a thousand times. It's not like a broken record to a lot of these people. But this is the biggest takeaway, and it's just proven my point over and over. The product that the UFC should be striving to put on is making this a professional wrestling-type product and keeping the fights legitimate because you're getting all these casual fans tuning in. You're getting a million extra pay-per-view buys because you got the character of the Irishman, Conor McGregor, who's not afraid to fight anybody at any weight at any time. Dual-weight champion, first person to ever do that in the UFC. The guy's on a completely different level. I think next we're going to see him either fight Nate Diaz for the third time or we're going to see him uh, move up to 170 and challenge Tyron Woodley uh, to get a third belt, possibly. All right, Steven Jensen of Fight Talk. One more time, my man. Tell my listeners how they can become your listeners if they want to learn more and hear about UFC. All right, man. So one more time, the podcast is called Fight Talk, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K. That's on iTunes and Podomatic. Uh, If you would be so kind as to subscribe on either of those platforms, that would help me out a lot, help the podcast out a lot. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at now underscore world underscore order. That's at N-O-W underscore W-O-R-L-D underscore O-R-D-E-R. And uh, keep listening to this podcast, too. You're doing a great job with it, man. It's good to hear you doing this because we can get a little network of this going. we got to get Daniel on here, and then we'll have a little GSU 919 The Buzz podcast network going. His name is Steven Jensen. His podcast is called Fight Talk. It's all about UFC. The guy knows what he's talking about. My old colleague, roommate, friend for life, uh, doing a great job as always. And, uh, Stephen, man, let's let's get you on again soon, buddy, uh, whether it's after 206 or a little bit later on down the road. But fantastic job on your show. I look forward to listening more. But uh, thanks again. Let's, get, let's talk again soon. Sounds like a plan, brother.